Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where some of us are semi-sick this week. I'm Void. I'm here with my co-host, Beige. I'm the sum of us. Yes, it's not me. How are you feeling before we get started? I'm feeling better than I did on Saturday. I don't feel like I want to die. Okay. Like I, That was the most miserable I've been since I had the flu like five years ago. Cool. I'm oh. glad that you're on the mend, but we won't dwell on it for our listeners. But today we're going to talk about a quick main topic because BJ is still recovering. So we made a change at the last minute just so we could do a quick topic instead of like the topic we were originally going to do. So we're just kind of going to wing it this week. And then um, we have geekery like normal. So that'll go as long as it goes like we normally do. Um, But I know first, before we get into that, you wanted to make an announcement slash retraction slash something. I do. Apparently I hurt my I hurt my best friend's feeling last week. Uh, I need to make a formal retraction and apology for calling Austin a buddy in last week's episode. He is, in fact, not just a buddy. He is, in fact, my BFF, brother from another mother, and the JD to my Turk. I love you. Oh, that's very sweet. You should also probably say what you guys have been up to the last week. That's true. We have been working on a new podcast that launched today, which would be yesterday for you guys listening to this brand new and sometime in the past for the rest of you uh, called Dragon Quest FM. Uh, We wanted to get into the uh, Dragon Quest space because we love it so much. Uh, Him far more than most anybody on Earth. But uh, we wanted to do that because there is only a single Dragon Quest podcast out there. it's called uh, the Puff Puff Hour, and we figured that since they're only being one, uh, them being nice guys, everything about it, uh, we wanted to jump in, and so we made a Dragon Quest FM. It should be in your podcatchers now. If it's not, it will be soon, um, and you can find it at dragonquest.fm or uh, anchor.fm slash dragonquest and listen to it right now awesome i'm excited to listen to that once it comes out very soon it's not quite my podcatcher yet but it should be for everybody by the time they listen to this it is on spotify and stitcher right now and uh so it'll be on itunes soon cool um so the main topic this week uh, we want to talk about like going back to mmos because we just had a long weekend in the u.s long holiday weekend and I have been meaning to get back to Final Fantasy XIV, and I was just kind of waiting for the right time. Like, I've kind of been casually thinking about it for probably two or three months because I knew that the expansion pack was coming up, and this was just the weekend where the timing finally felt right. So I dove in, and I re-upped my subscription. I didn't actually buy the expansion pack yet, but I'm probably going to do oh. that within the next day or two here because I'm I'm almost there as far as the content goes. So I have some thoughts around, like, Final Fantasy XIV, where it's at right now. But before we get into that, like... I know I was talking to you about this and you said that you you were feeling like the impulse but trying to hold yourself back and just like when and why do we go back to MMOs outside of just like nostalgia? Like that's the easy answer, I feel like. It is. Nostalgia is the big answer. Like when World of Warcraft releases an expansion, I start playing again because of nostalgia more than anything else. It's like, I love that game. And I mean, it's been 15 years and I will still probably do it when the next expansion comes out too. But it, it's it's friends as well. Part of it is knowing that I have people on there to play with. Like knowing that you're playing Final fantasy 14 right now makes me want to play it more than i did even before like and i've been kind of hankering for it i tried a little bit uh, a while back but it's it's one of those things where for me it tends to be when pretty much all other gaming has hit a a dull spot a lull and there's not anything that i'm just dying to play it's like oh i could play an mmo right now that would just be something to do you know that i don't have to uh like commit a lot of time to and then like you know you think that it's like i can just get on and log off and it's like no you can't that's the problem that's how they get you that's how they get me uh (laughs) so that's what it does for me that's funny because for me it's really about content like i need interesting content and People are a part of it. Like, I definitely have a guild that I'm still part of. Or a, it's not called a guild in Final Fantasy XIV. It's called a free company. I have a free company that I'm a part of. Um, but it's basically a guild if you played other MMOs. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a guild. And a guild. Um, it has the same people in it. But a lot of those people that are in there are also the same people that I'm in, like, a couple private slacks with. So I talk to them all the time. So it's like existing people that I'm going to talk to one way or another. But it's nice to know that they're there for when I go back to it. But really, like, the thing that makes me have the decision to go back is it's always content. It's always content for me. Like, I want to see new things, experience new things, but also, like... 
when there's a good story, a story will pull me through something, even if the gameplay doesn't. Not that I'm saying that the gameplay is bad, because I actually do enjoy the gameplay of Final Fantasy XIV. But uh, the reason that I'm going back is because that expansion pack is coming out like in a month. It's about a month from when we're recording right now. And I love the Final Fantasy XIV story. It is such a strong story. And it's probably, at this point, one of my favorite Final Fantasy stories, because it has been like... It, it has been built up to have such depth over time as they keep adding to it. And it's not a superficial depth where it's like, here's a new area and then here's a new area and then here's a new area, which basically MMO has to do that at some point. But a lot of them, it feels like they wipe out a lot of what happened before because they want to make it super easy to onboard people that may be new to the game. And then they just let you like, they give you a boost or like a one-time bonus to like just jump up to the new content and then they recontextualize the new content in a way where it doesn't matter if you don't know anything about the old content at all. Yes. Like, that's very normal. Final Fantasy fourteen, it does give you a new area, and it does give you, like, new characters and some new content around it. But everything has this through line from the beginning of the game all the way to where it is now. And if you skip an expansion pack, like you would miss out on so much of the story and so much of the context of what's happening in the world and to the main characters and everything that... I think you could do it, but I don't know why you would ever want to do it. And the thing is, you cannot actually skip the 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 previous expansions in Final Fantasy XIV without paying for it. You cannot go into the new expansion content without completing the previous expansions content unless you go into the item shop and basically buy whatever lore item it is, a book that you use that shows that flags your character as having completed the main story, where that's the only way that you can jump directly in if you're behind. Otherwise, you are actually going to experience that story because it is telling it like a Final Fantasy game, like a traditional JRPG with quests and dungeons and all of that. Yeah, I mean, and the story is like the most appealing thing for me going back into it especially because final fantasy 14 like when you buy an expansion you don't just buy like the content that's there on day one you're really getting that plus all of the patches between it and the next expansion so basically the amount of like story content that they put in between like the end of what you would traditionally think of as like the end of an expansion and when the next one starts is actually like a lot of content. I basically played for all of Memorial Day weekend, not like every waking hour, every minute, but I put in, I'm um, probably guessing 20 hours, maybe just trying to work my way through all the patch content between the end of Stormblood and then all of the patches that are leading up to Shadowbringers, which is coming out pretty soon. And I'm not even Have at the you end finished? yet. Okay, yeah. that was my question was if you have finished all of it yet or if it was still way if you still had a little bit waiting on you. No, I still have a little bit. It depends on how long the cutscenes are and how long the story is in the remaining parts. I have like maybe five quests left, which doesn't seem like a ton, but usually towards the end, like once you're about to get to a new expansion, the story picks up a lot and there's a lot more content there. So We'll see how that ends up, but like I'm having fun. And so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, that's what's appealing to me, right? Is the content. Like I have a friend that used to be a game designer and he describes me as a content locust because I will just, <laughs> you are, that is I perfect. Am. I am. And if you guys have listened to me talk about like the way I burn through games, like it shouldn't be any surprise to anybody here that like, I will just tear through the content of a game. And when I finish the content, when I'm like content complete, I'm done with the game. Like I'm on to the next thing because that's what I'm there for. I want something new. I want a new story. I want a new, whatever the new thing is. And then I want the next new thing because that's the way I am with video games. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've never thought of that before. But like that is like I'm still just sitting here amazed like you are a locust. That is the best way to describe how you play video games. Like I've I've tried to like think of that as like because you play video games so differently than than almost everybody I know just in terms of, of how you devour the content. But it is it's because you're a locust. I am. No, I am a game designer's worst nightmare. Like, you don't want me as your target player because I will just eat through your content and then I'll move on to the next thing. Like, you want the people that are going to put down roots and stay for a really long time, which yeah. I have done in a couple games over time, but it's it's more the exception than the rule for me. But that's why I go back or that's why I go to a new game or that's, you know, what is pulling me to MMOs. For you, it sounds like it's mostly the social part. Is there anything else there, too? I know it's going to sound really vapid and terrible. Well, well not to everybody. It'll sound 
vapid and terrible probably to you, but whenever I see a really cool new set of armor that my class can wear, I want to wear that. Like I want to earn that particular set of armor. I'm I'm really big into transmog so that aura in Final Fantasy 14 into glamours where you I get this perfect look that I love and then I just stick with it that I don't want anything else until I find something that is suitably better than that. And I'll see all of the new expansion content, and I tend to look at all of the the announcements to see what either new classes, what their armor looks like and what their weapons look like, or what uh, new tier sets are that are releasing in the raids or dungeons. And if there's something there that I really think I want to wear, that I want my character to look like, that will make me want to play it more, because that's kind of an incentive to uh, to get in there and do that. Um, I know it has no like intrinsic value, but it's fun for me to be able to see that because it makes me feel like like a mage or something like that. Or, or right now a red mage. I love the uh, I want to see what all the cool red mage armor looks like in Shadowbringers because that's what I've been playing lately, and I just I I just love that kind of thing. Um, the same for new classes. That whenever they introduce new classes, I just want to go try the new hotness. I want to play, what are they called, Gunblades in the new expansion? Um, I mean, that's the weapon. I don't know if that's what the actual class is called. It might be, though. Yeah, I was thinking they called the class the same as the weapon, which was odd to me when I saw it. But I don't know. I may be wrong on that. But I'm really excited to try those because they just look neat. Because Final Fantasy VIII is one of my favorite Final Fantasies. And the Gunblades really don't get nearly enough enough credit for being awesome. And so for them to get their own class and, and be really promoted in 14, that makes me want to go back. But just in terms of the story alone... It doesn't draw me in, uh, but the class stories will. Like the overall story doesn't necessarily, but I'll, I like seeing the continuation of class stories that I've invested into. Well, I know that for most of the people that I know that play MMOs regularly, the true end game is not actually like hitting max gear score. It's making your character look really cool at end game. Like that's that's the ultimate goal. So it doesn't surprise me that new gear gets you back into it. I think a lot of people have that going on. Um, as far as like the story and the classes and stuff, honestly, the thing that got me the most excited for Shadowbringers was the trailer that they put out. It's like a five or six minute trailer. Like it's actually pretty long, but it's more of a story trailer than anything else. I mean, it has really cool like cutscenes in it because it's Final Fantasy or not cutscenes, but just CG, right? It's a CG trailer. Right. And yeah. Not like gameplay trailer. And it just, I don't know, just seeing all the characters I know and seeing the situations that they're in. And it looks like Shadowbringers, they're finally going to let us do, instead of just being the Warrior of Light, they're going to finally get around to doing like the Warriors of Darkness and finding a balance there, which that kind of story I always kind of sensed was coming because they've had a couple things that hinted at it very vaguely. Mm -hmm. But it feels like maybe we're finally there. So I'm excited for that story, too. But yeah, I mean, that trailer did a lot of work to get me excited for this game. And so... That is why I went back this last weekend is because I knew that I had all of this patch content to play through and a ton of it is optional, right? Like there's raids that they added and there's like end game stuff and there's new systems and they always patch and that kind of thing. Like I'll play around with that because I'm in the game anyway, but I went back to go through the main story quest. So that's what I've spent my like 20 or 25 hours over the last weekend on was just doing main story quest, just like mainlining it basically. And you know, it's crazy to me to think that you've only spent 20 or 25 hours on it because you're going from the end of the main 4.0 patch all the way to the end that I'm really amazed that you're going to finish this up by about 30 hours for all of that patch content. Just and I understand you're doing it, you know, generally the the duties once all the way through and the probably not hitting any of the optional stuff, but it's crazy to me that uh, it was that short. I figured it would honestly be longer than that in terms of hours played yeah it would be for most people if you don't play games the way that i do but the way i play through them and i mainline yeah um but like basically like every expansion that you get for final fantasy 14 and every set of like patch content after the expansion like if you look at all the patches together as one unit they both equal like another final fantasy game so like final fantasy 5 mm-hmm. i think last year when i did the four job fiesta i played through it in like 25 hours start to finish and that's basically what I put into the patch content after Stormbringers before Shadow or after Stormblood before Shadowbringers just in the last weekend alone. So the amount of story that you're getting in Final Fantasy 14 is just 
amazing to me but like oh for sure yeah it's so good it, it but the other thing is like it's not just final fantasy 14 that draws people back i wanted to also mention wow classic because i know a lot of people right now that are going back and playing in the beta and like the official launch of it is very soon if not it didn't already happen right it's soon though it's the i don't know if it's been open beta right now if it's enclosed beta but i see people talking about it and getting emails i don't know i know there's a stress test coming up so i don't i don't know exactly how they're doing it but it's in some sort of beta right now yeah and i mean i how excited are you for it because i feel like this is like right up your alley it is and i'm not gonna play it um i have actually had to uh sit myself down and have a real come to jesus moment with myself on uh, i'm not allowing myself to play world of warcraft classic that wow classic is not going to be something i i can play because in 2004 when it came out it took over my life that uh, my social life really took a beating for it um when it was i graduated in 2006 uh before wrath not wrath of the lich king uh, burning crusade came out the first expansion i graduated college um so it was still in classic wow um I played World of Warcraft for like 17 hours a day. Uh, no kidding. Uh, I would wake up, play WoW, go to lunch with my friends, come back home, and then we would all play WoW until the middle of the night, sleep for a few hours, and would repeat that. I told my girlfriend at the time, uh, who lived in Nashville about three hours away, not to come visit me uh, because I would rather play WoW with my friends. And why she didn't dump me, I don't know. But she didn't. It's crazy. But um, because of that and just how deeply i got engrossed into that um because of how much i go back with nostalgia and uh tend to have time management problems i just can't let myself like that really would be like uh like a it really is as close as i can get to a junkie uh relapsing because that would be bad for me that's probably a very smart decision of you not to get back into that so then i have to ask what are the chances of you getting back into final fantasy 14 for the upcoming expansion very likely on okay. that one um that one i can actually stop and 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 stop and play like a normal human being um i can keep it up and you know do something while i'm queuing for a dungeon or something and i can you know finish a story quest and leave or whatever it doesn't hit me the same way that wow does it's uh wow has ingrained itself into my uh, into my neurons in a way that it i have to be really really careful with it uh battle for azeroth had done it too where i was spending more time on it than i should and had to uh like during those two months that i was on there like i spent entirely too much time playing it uh looking back uh just in terms of chunks and what i was focusing on that kind of thing um i can't moderate wow and i can moderate 14 that's good i mean one of the things that i always liked about final fantasy 14 is that the yoshi p who is the i always forget he's either like the executive producer or he's the game director one way or I another think he's game director but i'm not sure i'm gonna look that up he's in charge of the game basically like he's the one who makes the decisions about the overall game and he has come out and said that he doesn't want to make an MMO where you have to play every day. That's not his right. goal. His goal is to make an MMO that you can come to and you can play and have fun. And then you can feel you you don't have to feel bad going away for months at a time or half a year or a year and then coming back to it. Like that is explicitly the goal that he wanted for FF14. And that's the kind of player I am. So the fact that the game is built with that in mind makes such a huge difference to me because coming back to an MMO can be so intimidating because there are all these systems to relearn. And like when you're in it, it feels like second nature. But when you're coming back to it after a long absence, it's kind of overwhelming. It is. I had to redo all of my hot bars whenever I started 14 again, maybe three weeks ago, where they had a seven day. They have a thing right now where if you log in before Shadowbringers and you've ever played before, you get a free seven day uh, trial or re-up just uh, from the moment that you log in on the launcher. So if you guys want to take advantage of that, do. Uh, I did and played it for a little while, and that's why I knew that I wasn't ready to get back into an MMO yet. But when Shadowbringers comes out and I see people posting about the new content and all of that i'll probably be one of those who lags behind just a little bit and then gets into it uh once the initial lull once the initial rush dies down uh, while i'm finishing out uh, stormblood 
And you know me, I want to be part of that initial rush to be there with the people who are experiencing it for the first time and to be part of yep. that first wave. Like that's what is appealing to me in games is to be there when the conversation is happening right away, which is another reason that I'm trying to get to the point where I can start Stormblood when it comes out. Because again, I just played 25 hours of like mandatory main story quest that I'm loving. But in FF14, you can get blocked by the story quest instead of your level, which happens in almost no MMO out there. This might be the only one that I've seen. Um, yeah, I can't think of any other ones that will block you on quest rather than level or gear or anything. Yeah, because I've been level... I mean, so I beat um, Stormblood right when it came out last year. I know we talked about it. And was that last year or was that two years ago? It was uh, whenever it came out. It, I um, think it was... Oh, man, I don't remember. I think it was two years. It was two years ago because last summer was terrible and I didn't do anything. <laughs> okay, so two years ago. So when I played Stormblood, I, I played for probably two months start to finish in real time. Right. And then when I got to the end of that, um, I was level 70, right? And then I raided a little bit at endgame and then I was done because I was done with it. I was ready to move on to the next thing. And so all of this patch content that I'm playing through, it's all level 70 content. You know, it's another 25 to 30 hours at level 70 just playing through the main story quest before you're ever going to level up again to get into Shadowbringers. So that's kind of where I'm at, right? It's just like doing the main story quest stuff, which is super fun. But again, it's different than other MMOs because it's based around the story and not so around the level and it's one of those where it, it when it's based around the story like that it's easy to get frustrated when you're coming back because you want to get to the end you want to see the rest of the stuff and part of sometimes the the trials or or the uh different dungeons that you do you can get stuck there on because nobody is running those and you can't get a queue for them so it gets really frustrating you have to start a different group for it there are are definitely downsides to coming back like that and the way that they do it with the story but i honestly prefer this way to being uh gated out by gear or something like that and they do use you know your gear quality for harder dungeons and things like that but it's nowhere near as aggressive as some games yeah, I mean, FF14 has the best incentives that I've ever seen in an MMO to get people to actually, like, queue up for old content. Basically, they will reward you with, like, um, not absolute top tier, but, like, basically right under top tier, um, like, in-game currency so that you will do a daily roulette, which will basically put you in the queue to do, like, anything. And so by doing a, a roulette, you get currency that's actually relevant to you that lets you buy really good gear but right. at the same time you're helping players that might be level 15 or they might be level 50 or they might be level 60 like it could be anywhere along the line um is what you're signing up for essentially and i really like that i love that system and it always makes me really happy to go at the end of an expansion like this and getting prepped for um getting prepped for the next one because you can queue for like five different things in this game and Every one of them is going to be filled with content, except maybe the lowest level one is going to be filled with content that you haven't seen yet. So it's it's a lot better than having them have one dungeon in at a time and you play it until it's dead, like I did during the original uh, Realm Reborn uh, release, where now it's like, oh, there are going to be six new dungeons that I'm in the queue for in this and be able to do. And they're all running, but and people are running all of them because of the rewards, like you mentioned, to get the tombstones. Yeah, so there was somebody in the free company over the weekend that uh, they were trying to run the extreme versions of the original Realm Reborn to like level 50, right? It that was, was like, the last thing I did before I stopped playing was okay. run, was uh, go through running all of those with, uh, with my friends. So they were looking to do that and I realized that I'd only done like two of them and there's like yep. six or seven of them, something like that. So I spent a chunk of my Saturday just like running that with the other person that wanted to do it and then somebody else who had done all of them who was willing to tank for us and that was like two or three hours of like blasting through content that we were over leveled for but it was super fun to do because i had literally never done those fights even though i've put like 500 hours into this game at this point and even being over leveled even being scaled down to like the way that they do it it's still hard like some of those fights, you can still lose and you still have to pay attention. It's not like going through an old WoW raid where you one hit everything. There are still mechanics that can kill you. And it was really fun doing that to see these fights that I 
absolutely did not have the skill for during their uh, their time during the expansion. And I did the same thing where I on my red mage I have the the Moogle foil that you get from uh, King Mog. I actually farmed it up with a friend in uh, King Mog Extreme before I stopped playing so that I would have this pretty Moogle sword on my red mage. Wow, uh, that's awesome. I, it's it's really cool. It plays music. Like I forgot <laughs> that it played music when you cast spells and stuff. So when I logged in like a few weeks ago, it surprised me and it put such a smile on my face. Wow. Wow. Cool. It well, did. um my one last thought, which is not even really related to the main topic here, but because we're talking Final Fantasy 14, I love the soundtrack in this game. Like there aren't a whole lot of games that I will like forego a podcast to actually listen to the music in the mm-hmm. game. I will do that regularly with FF14. If I'm if I'm grinding content and I'm like end game and I'm doing stuff that I've done before, that's a different story. But the first time through the content, I actually have my headphones on and I'm listening to the music in the game. And that's super rare for me these days. This is the only MMO that I have never turned the music off on. That I get tired of game music and MMOs especially because it's kind of repetitive over and over. You'll hear the same tracks in the same places. And I never get tired of the Final Fantasy XIV music. I realized that when I was playing uh, Heavensward all the way through uh, by myself, I was like, I'm enjoying this music as I do this. And it really surprised me that I'd never turned it off because that's the first thing I do in most games. Yeah, it's really good stuff. So there you go. Quick topic about returning to MMOs. You guys will probably hear more about FF14 kind of off and on for the next, I'm guessing, two or three months as the expansion comes out and you get back into it and I'm playing through it. Um, but that's I think that's where we stop for today. And I did look it up for people uh, while we were talking that the release of Shadowbringers is on July 2nd. So you still have plenty of time to get through this content. If you're not a, even if you're not a locust like Void is, you can get through it and have plenty of time. And they do have a call that uh, I don't remember what's called a player callback where people can invite you back and get free time and all of that. So talk to your friends who are still subscribed. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, okay, let's take a break there and talk about our geeky offer of the week. Why don't you tell the people about PodCoin? Okay, guys. So PodCoin's been really cool. We've had really good feedback from the community about this. So what it is, is a traditional podcast app. You listen to podcasts on it, any of the ones that you uh, like to listen to, but you get credits called PodCoins for every 10 minutes that you listen, and you can then redeem those PodCoins for gift cards uh, for different businesses like Amazon or anything like that, or you can donate them to that month's charity. We're on there. You can listen to us, and when you do, you get extra PodCoins as long as it says bonus up top, and it's really awesome, honestly. I've been listening to all the podcasts that I listen to uh, through it. And this has actually made me listen to more podcasts because of that uh, incentive that as just as I do this, I'm going to get a gift card out of it. So it's uh, it's pretty neat. And when you sign up, use the referral code GEEK, G-E-E-K, uh, and you will uh, be able to get 300 extra pod coins. Sweet. Um, around the network this week, we have Geek Dude was talking about the MCU phase four and kind of starting some speculation. And Joe went just like overboard in the best type of way, not in a bad way, (laughs) in the best type of way. Um, He was talking in our private Slack about it, too. Like we have a channel just for um, all of the people on the network that are some kind of creator. And he was talking about like how how far down he went into the depths of this speculation. So I told him to put a part one on the episode. And I'm sure he thought of this before I even mentioned it. But um, when it showed up in my feed and it said like MCU phase four part one, like I was so happy because they could easily turn this into like a month or two month long series. I don't think they're going to go that long, but it's at least a multi-week series about like the phase four and beyond speculation, which was it was so fun to listen to. The discussions on Slack just in the Geektitude channel just made my day as those were going through. Like every time I'd pop on, there would be so much more sense it was so cool yeah um tea time with katie and chelsea they talked about the first wives club which is interesting to listen to and i know that they have a super special episode coming up in a week or two i don't know if i can say what it is yet even though i know what it is but i'm i'm super excited for one of theirs that's coming up here soon i know i'm so excited yeah i'm not gonna say because i don't know if i'm allowed to but 
we'll talk about it when it comes out. And then uh, Capsule J, of course, is streaming on Tuesdays from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern and sometimes on Thursdays and weekends. Troidal is streaming on Thursdays and then sometimes randomly after dinner. And then the Geekery, the blog this week, what do you have? Uh, Austin's Dragon Quest Quest is talking about Dragon Quest V this week, uh, part one of that because it's a very long and intense game. And the 13th story has done one on what's wrong with video game journalism. Uh, It is one of the best takes on it that I've read and that's not because he is uh, part of this it is because it's so well written Uh, he used to be a reporter so it's a reporter like a news reporter's take on game journalism and what's wrong with it it is fascinating dude that's sweet okay cool Um, with that it's time for our weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week you started a podcast which I know you already talked about but Dragon Quest? Why? Why and when and where can people find it and all the things? Okay, so you can find it at dragonquest.fm right now. That's the URL, and you can go to anchor.fm slash dragonquest, and you'll be able to find all the episodes and even leave us a voice message about whatever you want, uh, but we may include it on a on an episode in the in the future. That's going to be something that we do. Um, we, we wanted to do this, like I said earlier, because there's only one Dragon Quest podcast out there, and so we figured there might as well be two, and we had a lot to say about about it so uh we really we really wanted to get that out there and so since he's playing all of them and i'm playing through them uh it just seemed like the right time to do something like that and the community there is just and in the dragon quest is just as positive as what we tried to do around geek to geek so it was just a perfect fit so uh, you guys check out dragonquest.fm uh by the time you're listening to this, there will be like two episodes up, and uh, next week we'll have the third, the second actual episode, as and you know, two in the feed right now. Um, but today, and it's uh, while part of, I was, you should say it's part of the podcast network, also, so oh, it will be it in our weekly podcast network, uh, where we let you guys know what's going on. It is. I didn't even think about that part, but yes, it is. Um, where this is so new and launching a new one, it uh, it has baffled me. Um, but that said, last night I actually beat Dragon Quest Nine. I've been playing it for a while, and I talked to you about that. And like, I loved this game. This game was really, really fantastic, and you can tell that uh, it was a very influential game um, in a lot of different ways. Uh, mainly, I read, I listened to it. I think it was actually the Puff Puff Hour podcast that I listened to recently, where I found out that. They, that Nintendo actually got the idea for Street Pass from the canvassing system in this game where you close the DS and let it run, waiting on people to pass by. And uh, so it was really neat to find that out. But um, like the job system had me hooked. Like I was just grinding metal slimes to get lots of experience over and over again to level up these jobs. Um, I Because I did that, I spread my points out too thinly and didn't get any single job up high enough, any vocation up high enough. And I had to go back and grind for a bit because the boss beat me five times. And uh, I could not take that anymore, so I just went and spent some time grinding up. But uh, I did that. I beat him. And now I'm into the the post-game, which is much shorter than a lot of the other games and much other, a lot of other RPGs, where this one is based on treasure maps that you get that are randomly generated dungeons that you get a harder map when you beat. And so you can uh, continually do this. And since it's multiplayer, you can, uh, you can now only do it uh, locally but you can actually team up with friends and tackle these you know random dungeons in a game that's built around a job system that you really can't max out like Final Fantasy 14 and it uh, it's really 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 cool this might be the uh, my favorite Dragon Quest so far I do think I like it better than 8 um, I haven't beaten all of 11 but so far this one has kept me hooked better than any of them you know I haven't finished 11 but uh, if any of them will beat nine out of that top spot it's gonna be 11 but Dragon Quest 9 is absolutely fantastic and I cannot recommend it enough but it is DS only so that's the only place that you can get it. Um, Dude, that's yeah, sweet. I'm, re- I'm guessing we can hear more about it on the Dragon Quest podcast. Uh, eventually, yeah. We haven't started that yet, but yeah, we're going through different games and topics and things like that. So we'll get to it eventually because it, I think, is the next game Austin is playing. So we'll have a lot to say. Cool. Um, also, Jennifer found the Dead to Me show on Netflix. Have you watched it? 
Uh, no, but it sounds familiar. It it's the Christina Christina Applegate, and I can't remember her name. She played Lindsay on Freaks and Geeks. Um, but it's a kind of a weird thriller buddy show comedy. Um, really, really good. I didn't watch the first like three episodes of it, and she was just kind of watching it while I was sick and in the room. And I got really hooked in by the end of it, and we ended up binging it in a day, which really doesn't happen to us. So that was – it's great. It's hard to even describe. It's about two ladies whose husbands die, and they become friends at a grief support group. But things – really get complicated and wacky and funny because it turns out one of them killed the other one's husband and it's just cool. It's fun and it's weird and it's campy and I loved it. And, um, while she wasn't watching that while I was lying sick and recovering, I actually started watching Kim's convenience. Have you watched any of it? I'd had this one recommended a couple of times. No, I haven't even heard of that one. This one is a Canadian sitcom about a Korean family who owns a convenience store, the Kim's. And they are, it is magnificently hilarious that I've said before that I know a, a show or a movie is funny if I laugh out loud while while I'm alone. And this show made me do that. That um, it's apparently, apparently I like Canadian comedy because this one is it's just really good. The family dynamics are really fun. And that's really what it's about is the family, not so much anything else. Like they've really focused in. It's kind of like Bob's Burgers, but uh, but live action and uh, live action and uh, with Koreans. Uh, it's and it deals with a lot of really uh, interesting stuff in terms of honestly with racism and moving into a new country and things like that and uh, having uh, like Asian heritage. But uh, uh, being born in another country where like the daughter is Canadian and it's just and she doesn't speak uh, Korean. And so it's just very interesting show uh, to be a sitcom. I'm terribly impressed and watched almost the entire first season while I was sick, uh, just letting it play. It's the first time I've got the are you still watching message from Netflix in months and months and months. Wow, that's cool. I'm glad so, you liked it, though. And at least it was something to watch while you weren't feeling well. Yeah, there are three seasons. I'm not even sure what year it came on, if it's still on or anything, but uh, three seasons of it. So I'm excited to be able to go through those. Cool. Um, I Let's talk about lawnmowers for a second. I know how everybody geeks <laughs> out about lawnmowers. Oh, yeah. So I have a yard now. And I, I mean, we had like a post stamp yard in the townhouse. But with the new house that we have, I actually have a yard. And I'm not paying a service to do it. Like we have to actually mow the lawn. So I'm mowing the lawn for the first time in over a decade. I think it's like 12 years since I last wow. mowed the lawn. Um, so I had to buy a lawnmower. So I did that. And that's when I added it to our geekery here. And I've been waiting for a couple weeks. So I've actually been mowing the lawn for like three weeks um, here and there. And I was trying to get it in and like get a feel for the lawn before my allergies kicked up and yeah. want to kill me because they will like try to murder me during certain parts of the year if I mow the lawn. So my wife's going to have to take over for a few weeks here until we get to the like height of summer and then I can do it again. Um, but anyway, Anyway, I, I've been mowing the lawn and lawnmowers self-propel now. Did you know this? Mine does not self-propel, but mine's electric, so it's super light. So mine doesn't matter to me, but that sounds awesome for a heavy gas-powered one. So they have self-propelled for a while, and it's pretty sweet. You just have like a little throttle, and you just push it with your thumb, and it works like huh. a, a pedal does in a car, right? Except with your thumb. And it's awesome, except what I found out is that it's <laughs> happened for a long time. And um, so my dad went to help me pick it up. So we used his vehicle because like the lawnmower box didn't fit in any of my vehicles. So we took it back to my house and he helped me like set it up. There wasn't a lot of setup, but like, you know, do the oil and do the gas and get everything configured. And we tested it out and it was very nice of him to help me. But then as we were talking about it, he was like, oh, yeah, my gas, my lawnmower is self-propelled for years. I was like, wait how many years and once he started talking about it i realized that as soon as i stopped mowing the lawn for him he went out and got a self-propelling lawnmower <laughs> and it it's just you know not to put my dad on blast but like really really that's how like you've had it for like 12 years like as soon as i stopped mowing, okay i see how it is um so anyway i like my lawnmower but i just tell you that story just to because oh man it was so funny i was just laughing so much on the inside and my mom listens to the podcast so no, i'm cold. sure that 
I'm sure that she's going to play this section for my dad. I should have thought that out ahead of time. Anyway, oh, I'm going to leave it in so. here. I hope so, and I hope he knows how much I love him for that. Yes, it's awesome. Thank you for helping me set up the lawnmower, Dad. Um, besides that, uh, other more <laughs> traditional geekery stuff, uh, I'm kind of mentally getting ready for the Final Fantasy V four-job fiesta. The right. uh, registration starts in another week or two. We're like, we're pretty quick. Okay. And so I usually, once a year, try to explain the premise. This might be a good time to do that, and then I can refer back to it. What do you think? I think we should do that because I'm planning on doing it this year as well. I've never done it before, and I don't even know if I'm going to finish it, but I'm at least going to start it this year because it sounds fun. I've been in way more of a play all the RPGs all the time mood than ever. Okay, cool. So Final Fantasy V is one of the most expansive job systems in like any uh, RPG or JRPG ever. And it is a really, really well done job system too. Like it's really fun. It's not just extensive. It's actually like extensive, but also interesting, which is even harder to do. So it has 22 jobs in most versions. Some of the remasters add another four jobs. So you get up to 26. Um, And crystals are a big part of the game just like they always are in final fantasy games well not always but most of the time and so each time you get to a crystal you get another set of these jobs that unlocks and ultimately you have access to all of them right it's like 22 probably depending on your version and um the gameplay in ff5 is really good even by modern standards and so the four job fiesta playthrough what you do is you're limited to four jobs throughout your entire playthrough of the game. So it's not ever recommended as your first playthrough, even though you could technically do that. But really, you should play through the game once normally to see what it's offering. And then this gives you an excuse to come back and replay the game once a year, which I think I'm on my fourth year doing it now. Um, Yeah, this will at least be the fourth because this is the fourth season and you've been doing it since season one. Yeah, I think this is four years. It might be five years, but something like that. And this gives you a chance to come back and replay it, but with some restrictions that make the game really, really interesting. So basically, there's a Twitter bot set up. There's an account that's set up that you register for. And every time you make it to a crystal in the game, um, it lets you know what your next job assignment is. So the easiest way to explain it is to give a little bit of a real world example, right? So you have four characters in the game um, at, at any one time in your party. So if all of your characters start out as the default, there's like a non-job called the freelancer. That's where you start, right? And you play up through where you get to the wind crystal, which is only like 30 minutes into the game. Um, so you tweet at this bot, right? And the bot tweets back, okay, you're black mage. That means you immediately have to turn all four of your characters into a black mage and you have to keep all four of them as a black mage without switching off of it until you beat the next crystal so let's say you get to the next crystal you tweet at the bot again and it tells you white mage is your second job now you have options you can do mix and match black mage and white mage but you always have to have one of each in your party they always have to be represented for the entire rest of the game and so it just goes like that crystal by crystal until you get four jobs and then you always have to have those four jobs equipped but you can still mix and match them so you can move them between characters to give characters different abilities and then you can like cross share abilities between jobs on one character so there's a lot of things you can do but by the time you get to that last crystal you're kind of like okay here are my jobs and you got to figure out what you're going to do with them and there are ways i mean the whole the whole event is for charity so there are ways that you can if you get a job that you really hate or if you really really want to do a certain job this year you can buy your way into it for a little bit of money and then that money goes to charity which is also really cool right um but there's all of these different modes. There's all these different options. I usually just do the standard one because it's fun enough for me. But if you're like super hardcore into it and this is like your 25th run, I don't know if it would be. But um, you have options there where you can like complicate it or you can do even more restrictions on what you're doing. Um, but it's fun. It's fun. And it's a chance for the whole community to play through it. Um, it runs for about a month usually. So there's a ton of other people that are doing it that you can like talk to and discuss strategies with and I'm always fun to bounce things off of because I really like it too. It's super interesting. Um, So yeah, I'm kind of, like I said, I haven't actually done anything for it yet. I'm just mentally getting ready because I'm probably going to do it again this year. And if you're new to Final Fantasy V and you're new to the Four Job Fiesta, either one, check out the Boss Fights book on Final Fantasy V because it will give you a really interesting look at what the game is just on its own and how the design of the game as it was being put together led to the ability for us to do the Four Job Fiesta because the game is beatable with any combination of jobs that they're 
pretty well balanced with each other um, that they then they made it that way the way that things tie together like they do on purpose and it's a genius game and you really learn about that in the boss fights book on Final Fantasy 5 by Chris Kohler I can't recommend it enough to uh, especially for people going in on this particular uh, this particular event yeah it's amazing that you can beat it with any combination of the four it's just it's kind of incredible because you don't think that that's possible but they have had people do it with every single combination of all those jobs which is including four berserkers yep four berserkers four white mages for anything that would be super hard to do they've they've done it it's crazy four geomancers (laughs) yeah oh man that wouldn't be funny either that'd be Um, the worst i got geomancer a couple years in a row and i think if i get it again i'm gonna buy my way out of it just because i've experienced that that enough and i'm like no i know what that is to offer give me something else um so we'll see and then the the last thing in my geekery this week was that twitch prime is currently giving or it's almost over so if you haven't acted on it yet you should probably go do it you can get a free month of crunchyroll and crunchyroll is something that i've always wanted to check out but also anime and there's a lot of baggage that comes with that so i essentially i knew i had this long weekend coming up so i opened up in a couple different like slack channels to people that i trust i said give me every single anime recommendation that you would possibly ever give me for any reason and i'm going to write them all down and anything that's on crunchyroll or hulu or netflix i am going to try so i sampled probably like 50 different animes (laughs) um some of them for like five minutes some of them for like a full episode the first episode and there's one i actually watched all the way through the entire season that existed of it so after watching at least a couple minutes of like 50 different anime i have a list of the ones that are left and it looks like i'm down to six i have six here which is honestly kind of a higher hit rate than i thought but yeah, yeah i gave anime a real shot this last weekend guys and i know some of you out there will be proud of me for that i'm proud of you for that and i'm proud of you for having that many that you like because i think that's a better ratio of uh, hits and misses than gamefly usually gets you probably that's probably true um so here's what's left i have and these are all ones that i at least watched one full episode of most of these i watched i think two episodes of just to make sure that it wasn't a fluke so angel beats one punch man kino's journey full metal alchemist brotherhood which is one that my brother recommended to me a long time ago but i don't think i was in the right mood for it at the time but it yeah i mean his recommendation was still good so i'm glad that one kind of panned out um my hero academia and then the one that really really hooked me was restaurant to another world so do any of these look recognizable to you oh yeah i've heard of every one of them Okay, have you watched any of them? I have watched the first episode of My Hero Academia, um, and I need to watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I've heard only good things from people about it. I don't know what One Punch Man is about, but if it's anything like the title, I bet I can guess. And uh, I've heard of Restaurant to Another World that uh, when you have the note down here, you know, it's a premise, great premise for an anthology of shorts. Like I've heard of that one. I may have even seen a trailer recently for it. Okay, cool. So I'm not going to talk about all the premises of all these because I think I'm actually going to try to watch all of these, um, but I'll talk about them as I get to them. So let's talk about Restaurant to Another World because this is the one that I actually watched the full season of and there's only one season that I could find. So I watched 13 episodes of an anime and I loved like every minute of it, which was super, super surprising to me um yes restaurant to another world is there is a restaurant um in japan in like the real world and it's a western restaurant so it usually doesn't serve japanese food it serves western food and uh like five days of the week monday through friday it's a normal restaurant and then on saturdays it's shut down but what actually happens on saturdays is that the head chef the owner still comes in and he serves people from another world so the door to the restaurant um, opens into all of these different places in this one fantasy world and all of these different characters and people and different, basically like different, some of them are like beasts, some of them are humans, some of them are sorcerers, some of them are whatever, right? But it's this like fantastical world and they all come here just to eat the food basically because it's such good food and they don't have food like that on their world. (laughs) That's the entire premise of the whole thing. And every episode has two dishes And each dish represents like a new person coming to the restaurant or it it might not be a new person, but it represents a person coming to the restaurant and it follows them for like half of an episode. So it's basically like getting, uh, I don't know how long is each episode, like half an hour, like 25 minutes, something like that. So you get like a 12 to 15 minute short story of an individual character, uh, twice in every single episode. 
And it's just really, really good. And it was super interesting. And I wish there was more of it because I was totally watched season two of this. That does sound really, really cool. It's not what I was thinking of, but it's really, really cool. I, I may have to try that. Yeah, it's it's weird, but it's weird in a good way. And it was oddly compelling. Like, I just couldn't stop watching it because I was so hooked. Now, I'm curious. I've had Cowboy Bebop recommended to me so many times that it's I, I have lost count. Did you try it? Yeah, I've tried Cowboy Bebop a couple times, but it came up again this time, and I just, I don't care about it at all. Not interesting. And I've never tried it. That's why I was asking, because I've just, it's one of those that I'm going to sit down and watch at some point to give a shot, because too many people have said to. And I have I was just curious. I've never done it, and so I was just wondering if you had done it and why you bounced off of it and it wasn't on this list. I don't know. It was one of the very many that I was like, nope, not interesting, and I moved on. Like, there were Fair so enough. many of them. I, I don't remember why I rejected them all, but I rejected a lot. A lot of them. I'm assuming you tried Dragon Ball Super. I d- tried a couple different Dragon Ball. Yep. Yeah. None of them did much for me. Makes me sad because I love Dragon Ball so much. There were Gundam ones, and I I don't know. Yeah. There were so many. There were so many. I literally wrote down everything that anyone typed out to me, and then I went through every one of them. I'm excited because on Netflix, Neon Genesis Evangelion is coming on. I think next week, maybe or next month. I don't. Well, that is next month. So I'm really excited to be able to watch it again because you haven't been able to watch it anywhere. And I grew up watching uh, Evangelion, so I'm excited. Cool. Well, like I said, I'll probably talk about these as I actually get to them and watch through them. But we'll see when that ends up being. Um, that's probably it for this week, though. You guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek we also have great discussions on Slack and Discord as well. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links uh, so you can hang out with us and check out all the other content on the network. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And you can listen to me even more on the new Dragon Quest FM podcast. Nice. We've been Void and Beej with your Geek Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. <laughs> well said. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie. Yes. Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch.